Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. It's our emergency podcast edition. Finally. Huh? Thank God. Finally. We needed this. Swanson Thank God. Been landed. Uh, I do not have to throw myself into Lake Michigan before Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> Dansby Swanson, word coming out. Let's see. Cap had it, saying they were finalizing the deal. Passon had it. Uh, Russ Dorsey had it. She's kind of just been filtering down. Uh, it appears a seven-year, $177 million deal to get the former Brave shortstop, a Georgia kid, an Atlanta kid, now leaving there and coming to play with the Cubs. We assume to play shortstop, guys. And I think the yeah. biggest deal about this is we can get into the whole short, second, who's where. The biggest thing is the Cubs did get one of the four shortstops. They may not have the guy you necessarily wanted, but this is the guy they may have wanted more than others. The deal considerably smaller than the other three, right? And defensively, he's good, as good as any of them, and he has the most power out of these four. So Jed did get one of the shortstops just as they promised they would dip into the shortstop market, and we have to take all the slander back. Take it all back, guys. We have to I all take forget. it back. I take it back. I absolutely take it back because at the beginning – of the offseason, I said, just give me one of the four. I wasn't picky. I wasn't picky. Everyone everyone wanted Correa. I obviously had Correa ranked number one if I had to choose. But I said, just give me one because they're all better than what the Cubs have at second base. Man. Because that's where I assume that they're going to move Nico Horner so you can put Swanson in short, whatever, whatever <laughs> way they want to do it. I don't care. I don't care. It's still better than Nick fucking Madrigal, guys. Like, just – Thank God. Thank oh, God. Man, I'll, like, just, I can't, like, explain this feeling. If I feel like I've never had this feeling, even though I have, but it's just been so long. Just, like, just thank, thank the baseball gods. I want to, I want to first thank those yeah. guys because I feel like they had a play in this somehow, some way. Oh, and my Stucky God. Just, Don't forget Stucky Claus. True. Okay. And, and I'm not going to be negative at all on this one. I'm going full, full, like, optimistic you know maybe meatballish in optimistic way i i i i asked for one and i got it i love it i'm excited we there's something to be excited about 
going into next season. I feel and like that's all I needed. I feel like this is, you know, likely whether, you know, we knew that there were other teams involved. It sounded like maybe the Red Sox, maybe the Dodgers toward the end here, but whether it was the plan all along or not, like this feels like Jed gets exactly what he wanted, right? He gets one of the four shortstops and he gets it on the lowest years and the least amount of money. So, you know, maybe you didn't end up with the best shortstop, but I think for what Jed has wanted to do, I think he got exactly what he wanted here. Their defense is going to be really oh, good up the God. middle. You still have uh, off season. You still have moves you have to make. But as we talked about kind of anticipating this move, when you have Nico Dansby and Cody Bellinger up the middle, that is one of the best trios in baseball defensively. And we'll see how the offense comes together. You got moves to make. The other thing, and I see it in the chat too, I want to see from from everybody in the chat, we got to support the the Red Stars, right? Because I think Mallory, Dansby's now wife. Huge factor in this. They're going to be Chicago people. We got to, you know, welcome this wonderful couple to the city, support both teams, support both uh, top tier athletes. It's all about Chicago. That's what brought them here. Uh, I should point out that we have the pitch doctor here, Brendan Miller, Corey Friedman, uh, Cody Del Mendo. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer. We think Ryan Herrera is going to be able to join us in a little bit. And the chat is lighting up. We got a lot of people on chat, but make sure you pound the like button. This is a day where you pound the like button. Some days we're negative. You don't have to pound the like button then. But the Cubs got one of the premier free agents out there, and they said they were going to do it, and they finally did it. Everybody's been nervous. Go ahead and pound the like button. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Even Rachel's joining from overseas. Brendan, I see you in that down in that corner salivating oh, just over the defense. I'm getting emotional. I've seen, I've seen Brendan like oh. checking out videos of what glove – Dan yeah. he wears. Oh, he's adjusted. He's Wilson now. Chicago yeah. company, by the way. Yeah. No, no Rawlings. None of those pancake no. gloves. A2000. This middle infield is, I'm like getting emotional thinking about it. Like Dansby <laughs> is so good defensively. I'm just imagining all those double plays, all those jump throws from Nico at second base. It's, it's going to be beautiful. This is the most beautiful middle infield we'll ever see perhaps i cannot wait there's there's a lot of moves the cubs have to make but from a, a pure defensive standpoint this is it and then as cody said he put bellinger in center field it's arguably on paper right now already the best up the middle defense in the league and then let's say like pca develops he can come up in a perfect world that is going to be i'm 100 confident in this the best up the middle defense we'll ever see I'll yeah. be dead by the time we see a better up the middle defense. That's just gonna. This is like this is a big deal. Like this is not a day to be negative. This is truly a defensive gem that the Cubs have. The other teams wish they had. They wish they had Nico Horner. Look at the deals going out for these middle infielders right now. The Cubs already have the best duo up the middle in the league. This is um, this is incredible. I'm so I saw I saw Passon tweeting the Cubs now have the best defensive. Middle of the infield in yeah. baseball. And right away, Cardinals fans and people were jumping in. Come on, better than the Padres. How could they be better than the Cardinals? I just look at this team defensively now. You have a gold glover in left. You have a gold glover in center. You have a gold glover at short. And you have a guy that probably could have won a gold glove moving over to second base, where he's even better. Now, I I can't say it's it's definitely the best in baseball, but they aren't 
They aren't second to too many if they are. Like it's no, no. It's really, I think this I is think, what they said. They said we need to improve the defense specifically yeah. up the middle because of the shift changing the game next season. If you if you like outs above average, there's issues with defensive metrics, right? But if you look at outs above average, uh Dansby Swanson, his total number last year was 21 plus 21. The second best guy was 13. The third best guy was Nico Horner at shortstop. And a bulk of his defensive value did come from that shift in the second base side. So, yeah, this is – if you're going to make like a stat number argument, you can't argue against the Cubs having the second best middle infield. It is, without a doubt, on paper, the best. Try to argue against it. It's the best. Well, Cardinals fans will always argue, you know, that it's it's not. Uh, Eric Matthews. Uh, with a super chat saying the second live pod I've seen, and I am excited. Thank you for the super chat. I saw a, somebody in was asking me to apologize to Skipper. I don't know if I have to apologize to Skipper. Skipper, the information didn't fold out other than he did sign, but a lot of people were saying he was going to sign. But Skipper, great job regardless. You know, you got everybody excited for it. You got us up for it for like a week. Skipper, you're still one of my favorites, especially if you continue to follow the CHGO podcast. So hats off to Skipper. Uh, oh, Ryan Herrera's joined. I see. I see you down there now, what's Ryan? Up, Ryan. What's uh, What's up, guys? What, what are we talking about? Nothing important. Nothing important. Yeah, I, was, I see an emergency pod. I'm like, hmm, something must have happened. How about right, I miss you? I miss you in San Diego. I wish you were here. I know. You should. You should just come here. You should just come to I Chicago should. instead. I know. I think everyone could agree with that. This is a positive podcast today. Oh, no, it is. Speaking <laughs> Speaking of Ryan Herrera, uh, he did just post a story on uh, allchgo.com related to this signing so uh you should go check it out after you watch this there you go there you go ryan i not only did i retweet it like you texted me just like two minutes ago and asked me to i just plugged you it's been up for 10 minutes i don't care i i I went i went extra i went extra farther for you there you go you made up for it um brendan drinking champagne real quick was that champagne i'm drinking pellegrino that's what i'm drinking i should be drinking champagne but champagne straight out of the bottle yeah, I, that would be that would be something else. That's this is yeah. the occasion for it too. I can go get some. Maybe so I'll, I heard. Oh. I heard as I was waiting in the waiting room to hop in. Um, I heard Brendan talking about how this is just like this is not a disappointing signing in the slightest. And anyone that we talked about the other day is like, yeah, you the Cubs didn't get you know the top three shortstops, whatever. Like Dansby Swanson is still a very good player, and to be a better team next year and beyond, you need to sign better players when they're available. He's a gold glove shortstop, probably will be a perennial gold glove candidate shortstop for a while. The Cubs need to shore up the defensive, the defensive side of the ball, you know, all around the field. This a hundred percent helps with that. But when, especially when you include the shift, like that's huge. Um, and he had a breakout offensive year this last year. He's only going to be 29. So there's reason to believe you can get a couple years of, of similar, if not better production from him. Like he didn't, yeah, he hasn't been as proven of a hitter or a bat as the rest of those guys on the market have been throughout their career, but he was also a better defender. So you take, you, you get your pros and cons with each one. Um, you want him to be, if he, I mean, if he, if he can get you 25 home runs a year, uh, maybe a little bit better in the ISO or slug, whatever that is, and get that WRC plus up. Like that is a very awesome signing for the Cubs at the price that they got him for considering that's about half of, you know, nearing half of what Carlos Correa got in his contract. Like that's, mm-hmm. this is a, this is a good signing for the Cubs. 
Um, That's a good point, Ryan. Do you see Dustin Allen, Cody, on the super chat? Yeah, I was I was getting ready to read it. Yeah, Dustin Allen, 1999. Shout out. That might be the biggest one we've ever had, honestly. (laughs) Uh, Best defense and best looking. I can't remember what middle infield. There you go. Best looking middle infield in baseball. Love the vibes, guy. Thanks, Dustin. Uh, Joel Nielsen, longtime Corey Corey and Brennan listener from the way back. Just want to Way see chat to celebrate us signing a shortstop and having hope for 2023. Hashtag fun again. Can't say Thank it any you, better Appreciate than that. that. That's awesome. Thank you for supporting <laughs> the show. <laughs> yeah, man. I love oh, the chat. Awesome. Hashtag fun again. This is, <laughs> you know, uh, like- this, this is this might be like the biggest day of CHGO Cubs <laughs> podcast history, honestly, considering uh, we we this is like a signing like this is what we've all been talking about since the moment we all joined forces. Yeah. Well, even I mean, before that, Cody, like uh, Corey and I were talking about this, this is our biggest positional signing free agent since we started recording like seven years ago, like right after the Hayward mm-hmm. signing, we weren't recording that. So in the past like oh. six, seven years, this is it. We've been waiting for this for so long. Wow. Speaking of Jason Hayward. Yeah. There Here's is. the biggest free agent deal. So Swanson comes in at second when you're talking about total amount of cash. Hayward Still eight for 184. Swanson one uh, seven for 177. Lester was six years, 155 million. And Soriano way back in the day, eight for 136. Remember how bad people were thinking eight for 136 sounds? That deal right <laughs> now, if you got somebody's production like Alfonso Soriano, eight years for 136, teams would be line, lining up for that guy. That's just Absolutely. how much uh, baseball. Can we- has changed, we, right? Like 20, 25 yeah. AAV for Swanson, like Ryan was saying, I everything we were hearing was that it was pushing 200. So when it came out, when Russ Dorsey said seven for 177, I thought, well, I I, I wish like that would have happened a couple days ago. That seems when reasonable. I think, I think that adds a little bit of context to, you know, we saw a guy, like I think John Heyman put out like four tweets in the last five days of – the Red Sox are intensifying their talks. The Dodgers might be in on Dan. I think it was, and a lot of people said this, I think it was pretty clear that Dansby and his agent wanted a little more and they were kind of waiting it out. And whatever happened today, Jed finally got him to sign on the dotted line because no one was biting on that. But it's, it's, you know, kind of looking at that chart, like everything changes, contracts change. And I think you look at this one, like we've talked about the context of Dansby's offense and how, you know, last year was obviously a significant better season for him. And what do we make of him uh, as he gets older? He doesn't walk a lot. He strikes out more than you'd like him to. But at 25 a year, when you look at what this market is and how things are shaping up, like part of why we were so insistent that the Cubs had to do this. And you were kind of alluding to that, Ryan is like, this just shouldn't ever be a deal over these next seven years that gets in the way of anything else they want to do. Right. At minimum, you're getting a, an elite defender and someone who has progressed and made adjustments on offense. And at 25 a year for seven years, at no point during those seven years, should we ever have a legitimate discussion that the Dansby Swanson contract is preventing them from doing X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. If we do, it's an excuse from the organization. It it just yeah. should, it, when you look at the league and the context of all these contracts, it, it just is not as consequential as I think a lot of people were worried about. And no yeah. trade clause, Jim Barista, the super chat 499 saying, where do we project Dansby bats in the order? Love the mm-hmm. show, fellas, go Cubs. 
Uh, first of all, thanks you, for the super chat. Anybody want to take a shot at that? I mean, it's a little difficult because <sighs> we still don't know who's going to play third. We still yeah. don't know who's going to yeah. play first. We still don't know who's going to play catcher. Uh, <laughs> like, as there's, a, still, I, there's still holes to fill. Hopefully this creates the domino we've been hoping for, yeah, though, right? I would say as of this moment, somewhere between three and six. I, that's where I would, I guess. Yeah. I was going to say maybe five. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, like that sounds about right to me. And again, like to me – with this signing, and again, I'm not going to be negative about it. I know we all wanted Correa more so than anything. But with this signing, this is this is like this is like a, like showing. I think it's the front office showing that the Cubs are going to try to be a good team next year. Because if they didn't, if they didn't go that extra mile to try and get someone like this, then yeah, you then you really could start talking about flipping Cody Bellinger at the deadline if he was good and, and all and all these relievers. You get a guy like this. This is a major move. Whether, however you want to look at, however you feel about Dansby Swanson, it's a major move. Guy decided to sign here for seven years, 177 million. When he had the Dodgers, the Red Sox, whether they were serious or not, they were in there. You know what I mean? And and he still chose the Cubs. So he's coming here with the idea of thinking that this team is going to try to win. So I think that's the biggest thing for me. And again, we'll see where he's going to play in the lineup. I I would say somewhere in the middle though. Brendan, yeah. can you help me with this? I saw, um, I think it was Michael Cerami put out, I, I don't know if it was StatsCast, they were talking about projecting home runs for guys in different ballparks and what team they would have played on. Now, Swanson did have, we know he strikes out more than the other guys, but he also hits mm-hmm. more home runs than the other guys, which is something the Cubs need is power, and they talked about it. Um, I think Cerami said he would have hit 33 home runs According to maybe stats cast or something like that, if if he had played at uh, Wrigley Grandpa last year, does that sound familiar? To anybody? <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have no idea what he's talking about. That's why. No, don't you got to give cast, Luke more credit than graphs, that. Uh, he knows. Google graphs, whatever it's <laughs> he called. He knows. <laughs> yeah, I think Michael said that it's thirty-three home runs. The reason yeah, for Wrigley. that, yeah. So in, at Wrigley, you have that three sixty-eight left center gap that's where a lot of his power goes he goes gap to gap which is great on the other hand you look at nico nico's power is also to the pull side heavy and so is christopher morales and so a lot of their spray charts are towards that like 355 well so dansby's a little bit more up the middle center which plays well at wrigley so if he continues to hit the ball hard and barrels like he has been doing and continues to make that type of contact, a 70, 72% contact, then yeah, like 30 plus home runs is definitely uh, in the, in the picture form. The big thing with Dansby is he's, he has to keep that level of contact. Like if, cause right now mm-hmm. he's slightly, not slightly, he's below league average. He makes uh, the same amount of contact as Kyle Schwarber, for example. Uh, so he needs to hit for power and he can do that. It's just, Typically in the past, it's very difficult to do, but it appears as if the Cubs have confidence he can do that. And given his uh, profile, I think there's good reason to think he can uh, achieve that 30-plus home run potential for sure. See, I like that. I like that idea. And, and you know the defense isn't going anywhere. Uh, Manuel Rios with a super chat. Big fan, guys. You think the next great Cubs team needs someone like Hap should give him a contract extension and why? I do hope that this pushes along the Hap extension conversations. Like that's something – you know, when when we feared on Thursday and Friday that this was a player that was going to get away from the Cubs because they let it go too long and the other three were off the board, then then what Cub fandom does, like any good fan base, the panic sets in. So everybody starts saying, oh, it's going to be the worst offseason, self-included everybody. Like, 
this is going to be total doomsday. It's, it's never going to happen. They're going to have nobody. They're going small market. Well, this changes things a little bit, you know, like where, where does, where do they go from here is the question, you know, like how yeah. Rodon is off the board, but other pitchers that we still talk about starting pitchers. I don't know. If, I don't know what my grade would have been if, if Dansby was off the board, but I, my guess is I would have said D to F had they not gotten one of the four shortstops. Like, Oh, yeah. F for Some, sure. And for probably, sure. probably yeah. an F. Maybe an F, yeah. F right? minus, Luke. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> let, let's all agree. If they went from an off season with an F, now you look at it and you start to see it more. It's total picture. Now you see Dansby Swanson. You see they added Tyone to the rotation. You sign Bellinger to a one-year deal, stick him in center field, and you hope that your young center fielders are able to push him off into the sunset onto another team, and maybe he's the comeback player of the year and gets that million-dollar bonus that's in his deal. What grade would you push it up to now, knowing that it's not a finished deal yet? I think I'd put it up to a – I was going to say, I, I'd probably put it at a C at the lowest. Just because Feels right. we we don't fully know offensively what we're going to get out of Dancy Swanson. You know what I mean? And, like, obviously this team needs offense. Now this team just significantly got better defensively so right now, you know, you improve the defense. The defense was a big problem last year. So you so you improve the defense, especially up the middle. Uh, so I, but obviously there are more holes. Like they can't just yeah. stop here. Like they have to do more. There's no doubt about it. They have to do more. And then then you can move it up. But as we sit here right now, I I'd probably put it more as a C because again, they and I I would when the when Correa signed, I, I was more mad about the fact that they just let all these second tier guys fall off the board, and um, on top of that, that just added on to it. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. you know they they got the guy now. Now you got to go out there with what's left and 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 you know do what you got to do, man. And and there's plenty of guys still there that can be solid contributors to next year's squad. So I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how they still kind of try to check that box of, you know, what Jed talked about with the offense uh, and the ultimate goal being blowing teams out, right? Because you look at this offense, you know, if you get that, let's call it like, you know, one percentile outcome where Cody Bellinger is a, an MVP candidate again, okay, maybe it, it, it looks a little easier to see that. But even with the addition of Dansby, you're still not looking at an offense where you're thinking, okay, they're going to blow teams out, right? It's it's not there yet. You still have too many holes, too many unproven's, and maybe it can happen, right? If Mervis comes mm -hmm. up and hits home runs like he was in the minor leagues, great. If Seiya Suzuki looks like he did in those last couple months of the season, okay, great. If Ian Happ continues doing what he's doing, Cody Bellinger looks like an MVP. Okay, you can see it, but that's a lot of ifs. That's a lot of really hard to project, like variable stuff. So now is where I think you see if Jed turns his attention to, and we see it in the chat a lot, like guys like Justin Turner, um, you know, Trey Mancini isn't a, a huge bat, but he's a better bat, at least someone you can project a little bit uh, and kind of saying, okay, we have our long-term guy. Maybe we'll look at extending some of these guys like you're talking, maybe Ian Hatt, maybe Nico Horner, and let's fill in some of these gaps with guys that can just hit and we'll sign them for a year or two years. They won't be on the books. And this is the identity of this team. I would assume my guess would be that that is where the focus is turned because maybe they look at some other, you know, middle of the rotation additions, things like that. But 
my guess would be that you've just improved your defense so much. You're kind of upping your projection for your own pitching, right? Like you're just going to have these guys eat ground balls and, and play defense like that. You've got Cody in, in center as well. So I, I wouldn't expect them to continue adding to the rotation, at least not in a significant way, but we'll see about that. I would think that they're going to be aggressive on offense. And before I turn it over, like just on the Hap stuff, you do see his name thrown around in like potential trades with the Blue Jays. What the Blue Jays would want, they have catchers who could bring you offense. What they would want, I don't know. Do you have to trade Ian Hap? I don't know. But that is where you get into like have the Cubs talk to him about an extension? Are they feeling okay about the terms that Ian would want? And how aggressively do they want to kind of address uh, something like the catcher position? And would they give up someone like Hap to do it? I'm not sure. But they might They might have to if that's how they want to address that position. Well, a lot of those guys went off the board, right? All I know, Ryan, is something we've talked about. I know you, you've said it many times, too, on the podcast is no matter how you look at the free agent shortstops and how you had them ranked one through four and what you think of the deals – like this, first of all, this may be financially the best deal of the four. You don't know how it's going to play out. So it, it's the cheapest. We know that. Um, but you've added a good baseball player. The, the point mm-hmm. is they need to – there's so many holes on this roster. And there's – yes, there's prospects. And some of them are way far down the line. Others are closer. But still, you have to add to your base. You've got to show free agents, number one, free agents and your prospects, that you're serious about winning. That You're, you're not just here – collecting tabs at the at the gate and and charging 15 bucks a beer and you have to show anybody else that might come into free agent after this now you're serious this shows you're serious but most importantly for me is they've added a good baseball player no matter Mm -hmm. no matter how you want to say if he's worth the money not worth the money they've added a good baseball player critical yeah yeah no i mean that's yeah that's what i've been saying all along is just the 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 need to get a shortstop was clear just based on the holes on the roster and the amount of boxes that some of those guys could check off this off season. Um, the need was clear, uh, but just to get a good off or just, yeah, just to get a good player, as you said, Luke is, is the most important thing. Like not only is it going to help the Cubs actually, you know, be probably be a little more competitive next year, but that also means that come 2023 off season, you know, next year, uh, when some of some other guys, I, I I know projections have like the starting pitching market to be a lot, a uh, lot deeper than the position player market next year. Um, so in that sense, you're already getting one, you know, probably one of the top position players uh, of of you know this offseason and last off or next offseason uh, off the board already. Uh, you, you bring him to Chicago, but uh, when a lot of those free agents hit the market next year, um, you know, hope you know the hope is the Cubs have improved and played a lot better baseball next year. But you can also show them, hey. You know, we have this guy locked down for another six years. He's in the prime of his career. He probably, you know, is a gold glove winner, uh, you know, at that point, hopefully a two-time gold glove winner. Uh, But you have tangible things to show perspective for agents for not only uh, are you invested in wanting to bring them to Chicago, but you have clearly been invested over the last year and making this a better ball club and building a team that within the next couple of years can compete. That's been the whole thing. That's been my whole thing. You can't get really really good players without having good players on your team unless you're going to blow them out of the water with an offer and the cubs weren't well they didn't appear to be willing to do that so getting dansby swanson to the deal which again i like the deal getting him to that deal now 
is going to pay dividends, not just on the field next year, but for, you know, the off seasons to come when you can kind of show free agents, Hey, we have this guy, you know, maybe they've already locked down Nico Horner, possibly Ian Happ, Matt Mill, all these other guys that you hope is going, you know, are building to a better team, but then you can show them, Hey, we still have this guy who's going to be around for six more years. Uh, who's going to be your, a star with you on the field. And that stuff matters too. You saw Christian mm-hmm. Vasquez choose Minnesota over the Cubs, right? And there could be a variety of reasons. Competitiveness appears to be a big influence for many other players as well. So the fact that the Cubs are doing this and making a commitment in the immediate uh, roster construction might be appealing for other players as well. And Corey and I talked about this on the Friday show, but they still have so many moves to make. And if you want to break it down, which is very difficult right now, but into a number, they're still pretty far out from like the top 12 teams and projected wins above replacement. So if you want to be in that tier at this point, you need to add this offseason somehow around like seven to eight wins above replacement, in addition to what we just got with Dansby. So how does that happen? It's kind of difficult to see it in the form of free agency, given some all, like all the variability in the current guys, like Justin Turner and Brandon Drury that we're seeing, J.D. Martinez. It's difficult to have that confident, like, yes, I'm getting eight wins above replacement from those guys. And to me, the way to do that is you kind of have to go out and be creative and be savvy in the trade market. And how that happens is, is going to be difficult to imagine uh, from our perspective, but this is something that Jed and Carter need to go out and do and kind of replicate what we've seen from other teams in the past where they make these trades and you're like, wow, like they got back this immediate value for that package. Like that's never, like I felt as if that's never happened to us in the past three to four years. So I'm dying for that to happen this off season to get to that point where we're talking about, you know, a 50% chance at the playoffs. It's possible, but it's really difficult just to do that in the form of free agents at this point. Uh, and our, by the way, Kevin Kadek points out we're the only media outlet in Chicago live immediately when the news comes out. Like that's yeah. that's this is kind of the basis of what we're yeah. doing, right? It's 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 the takeover last night at the Bulls game into we're able to jump on and do breaking news and and be part of the fan base and the fan base yep. is kind of part of us. How much fun will one of those takeovers be? This summer when we do them at Wrigley Field, where we buy up a block of tickets, take everybody out for some drinks and all hang out together. That's what we're looking for this summer. And it's going to be a lot more fun because they actually went out and did something this offseason. They've got a guy that's a number two or three starter with high upside in Tyone, if everything goes right. They've got Bellinger, a former MVP. It's a, it's a prove-it deal. But again, it's an affordable deal, and he plays defensively at a position, gold glove baseball, somewhere where they needed him. And now they have a gold glove shortstop to go right with Nico Horner, who, by the way, first of all, we don't know that it's official that he's moving to second base. We just assume it because in the exit interviews, Nico talked about how he'd do anything for the team. Clearly, they must have had that conversation knowing they were going after one of the four big shortstops or all of the four big shortstops. So if Nico is indeed willing to move over to second, which you assume they're not doing this deal without finding that out. He is. Hats, hats off to the guy. Like it's it's all about winning, right, Ryan? He said that throughout the season. But for a guy who just a year ago at this time had a lot of question marks about himself, we didn't know what Nico was. And uh, by the way, on YouTube, we're showing how the guys turned out, how the four guys turned out. It was two 11-year deals, a 13-year deal, and the Cubs get Swanson to take seven years. So I, I think Cody was saying that. It's, it's almost half of what Correa got. 
His average is just slightly below Bogarts. And I do want to point out um, F war, something that Correa has been talking about as that's one of the stats that baseball teams really, really care about now. Right. And I know this is something Brendan can tell, you know, there's Dell metrics, but this is, this is really up. Brendan's <laughs> wheelhouse. Dan's Del metrics is a special thing. Luke F war was exactly the same <laughs> as Bogarts last year. And it was better than Correa, I believe. So like, you look at those deals and you see that, wow, they got him to take half as much time and the money's way mm-hmm. less. And in some statistics, he's better than the rest. In home runs, he was better than the rest last year. And defensively, he's as good or better than some of them up there. So does F-War matter to you, Brendan? Is that is yeah, it one course. we can hang our hat on? We're or? an F-War family, whether we know it or okay. not. Okay, I didn't know, I I didn't have, know if we were or not. Just... We're principally a Delmetrics family, but secondary, yeah. we're, we're uh, Those are Delmetrics is a, pri- a proprietary, proprietary one. Uh, it's, it's our version of the CHGO. Yeah, 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 it's our version of the Ivy that the Cubs have. We have yeah. uh, Delmetrics and that software. Hit but, the like uh, button for Delmetrics. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, we got 588 in here right yeah. now, only yeah. 208 likes, so. Yeah, Luke. As you were saying that, as you were saying, like you know, Nico to second base, it kind of just like it kind of just got into my brain that we're not going to see Nico or shortstop. Like I'm kind of like he's so he's such a good. Def- Don't do that to me, Corey. Don't do that to me right now. I'm but just you're like, still realizing might. that it's happening. But it's like it is the best middle infield in in baseball. But the reason I point that out is because it's been so fun to watch Nico's development, where you get to the point where he was in the Gold yeah. Glove discussion, even with even with Dansby Swanson. Um, so that's my point. It's like, it's been fun to follow that. And it's going to be fun to see how Nico develops as a second baseman yeah. watching that offense develop even more. And we could have, hopefully Nico's locked down. If you lock down Nico, there is no other team in major league baseball with that defensive base in value. You may have the Padres having the offensive ceiling with her, with their middle infield and those contracts, but for a defensive floor, that is without a doubt, the best in major league baseball. Yeah, and seeing what Nico did this year at shortstop, knowing how well he can play shortstop, it gives you so much flexibility. I mean, I know Dansby Swanson can play all 162 games if he wants to. He pretty much did that with the Braves the last couple of years. But if the you know David Ross is it, he he doesn't you know get he does like to give his players that kind of off time, right? Especially early in the season, you know, later in the season when guys. Uh, bodies start breaking down like guys need off days when you have that 15 games in a row that 15 day stretch with games that never makes any sense to me why they schedule it that way but they do like he wants to get get guys days off to get them off their feet and keep their bodies right so knowing that nico can play shortstop at a gold glove like he probably should have been That's a, good a gold glove finalist this year so yeah he can play shortstop knowing yeah. he can play shortstop at a gold glove level just gives you that ability to actually give Danby swanson an off day because you have someone there that can back him up at shortstop and do it really well and you're not going to miss a beat there like yes christopher morales is a guy that can play there um we know that he wasn't great defensively last season in the limited time he actually had there but i mean maybe he could be good you don't really know in in a small sample size but you don't know if you could trust it either nico you know you can trust on a given day to move him over to shortstop and let danzy swanson get off his feet and that's that's one of the bigger things about this is having that many good players up the middle means that you have so much flexibility to move them around and get them off their feet when you want to. Another super chat from Fernando. Uh, well, it could have been better, I perhaps, but I'm not mad at the numbers they're saying. I'm good with it. Going to miss the rants, Team CHGO. Oh, there'll still be rants. Oh, they're still going to be. Like, the rants aren't totally yeah. gone because of one signing. 
But yeah. I was saying there could be a rant next week. Shit. I mean, theoretically, ten games under five hundred. Yeah, theoretically, you could uh, if. Assuming Madrigal is not traded, I know. Boy, I mean, I will. I found it amazing that was when the first comp, first tweet came out and the tweets were coming out about the Dansby signing. The fourth comment I saw was already about what does this mean for Madrigal? <laughs> like, I, I can't wrap my head around it, but that's what's out there. So, but theoretically, if he's on the team, if you had to give Dansby a day off, you could ask Nico to move back over to short and put Madrigal in second type thing. You could just move guys. Or McKinstry. Yeah, uh, McKinstry too. Yeah, I, think that's the thing I, I, I mean, I, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, and again, like you said, assuming that uh, they don't trade Nick Madrigal or send him to, the, I know he has options left, so he theoretically could be sent down to Triple A. Um, but this is also a place where the DH, you know, designated hitter helps with that, the, the flexibility in the field. I mean, Nico could play center field and give Cody Bellinger an off day if he really wants to, and you could. You know, there are ways to get Nick Madrigal the at bats he'll need this off season or this season. Um, without you know needing to just ship him out, I, I don't. It's not going to be five, six hundred abs. I don't. I wouldn't think so. But there are ways to get him necessary at bats to see to actually see it, provided he's healthy. See what you got in him. Uh, if maybe he takes that bats away from Nico. We're going to have way more rants uh, this year mm-hmm. than last year. Just yeah. saying that right now. I will. I'll be joining you. Anyone <laughs> ever in my entire life if that happens. Just know. saying. <laughs> There, there, there will be ways to be flexible with the lineup and get him the at bats without taking away Nico's okay. playing time. There will be I, 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 I trust. I would trust David Ross to be uh, imaginative and how he make those lineups. Okay. Ahead, I, I will say that I'm intrigued to see what happens now with Nick Madrigal because he immediately becomes a trade piece. You're not going to get a ton for him unless you put him with someone else, uh, and that's because he just didn't play much and. Like I said this before, like I don't, I don't like dislike Nick Madrigal. He's just like he just wasn't someone you go into next year and have some faith in. He can't stay on the field. He's proved he proved that with the White Sox. He proved that last year that he couldn't stay on the field. And at the end of the of last season, me and Ryan sat in the chairs in the studio and we were like, man, if he plays like he did in August, like yeah, like this is a big off season for him. Like he has to find a way to stay healthy. Like do whatever you got to do and, and and to get your body right going into the season. And then, you know, like we'll see, but it, again, the whole point was, is that they couldn't just bank on him coming into next year and being an everyday guy. Now that you got Swanson, you're going to move Nico over to second base or vice versa. And if they do keep magical again, if he, if he hits like he did in August, like there's, that's a solid, like you trade it. Yeah. Again, that's what I'm You're, saying too. Like, if you, if you trade him though, you are selling low, like for sure. And like, maybe you know, trade him in the middle of next year. I, I don't know. As well, his value can only go up, right? And that's kind of like what I'm trying to get at is like, if he does find a way to, yeah, you know, get his body in a position to where he can stay on the field, then yeah, he is a solid bat. We saw it in August. We did, and I know it's just one month, but he was hurt for like the entire year, guys. Like, like if we, he showed when he was on the field, you're gonna kill Corey more, more often than not. He he was hitting. I just see it. I see steam coming out of his ears. Right I'm now. sorry. I I I'm not again. Again, I'm happy we got Swanson so he doesn't play every day. But I'm 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 also being honest that hey, Madrigal 
Madrigal can hit and he can increase that value to for them to perhaps trade. So yeah, that's uh, the Del Metric number on Magic. I look, the, the contact is a valuable skill, but I think at this point the Cubs are going to need to prioritize roster positions mm-hmm. that are providing power. And I slug. agree. And I you're not going to have the opportunity aside from spelling one of those guys for Nick to get out there. No shift, so he's not going to be bailed out by Nico and Short, right? Like, I just I just don't see it. The contact, if he's healthy and he can actually hit like that, it's a valuable skill. We know that. We saw on past Cubs teams, they would have killed for people that could actually put the ball in play and make contact. I'm just not sure how it's going to fit here until we see where they're adding offense and getting that offense. Um, I, I just don't see it. Uh, but I, I do see a super chat from Isaac. Uh, how do you think having Bellinger and Swanson will help Suzuki's game and development? I think it certainly helps. Uh, I think the Cubs it hurt, got, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the having great defenders around you only helps. And we saw the Cubs get terrible production defensively in center field last year. And when you have a guy coming over to a new league, playing in new stadiums, Wrigley Field can be very tricky. The wind, the alleys, that corner in right field. Having a gold glover in center field can only help. Say is obviously more comfortable now, hopefully, with the Cubs, Chicago, getting more comfortable with Major League Baseball. Trying to play defense with good defenders around you and somebody to lead the charge in center field, it can only make things easier, right? It literally cannot hurt. No, I see. uh, Dustin's pointing out something in the chat that is so true. He's like, I remember watching pods over the summer when the Cubs were – absolutely awful there were like 30 people in the chat now there's 622 imagine what the number will be when we get ready for the nlcs in a couple years you know like or if we have playoff baseball potentially coming this year and i'm because they're just good it's just good good this year (laughs) i'm not (laughs) saying i don't want to i don't want to put the pressure on to say that dansby swanson automatically makes the cubs a playoff team i i think there are other moves somebody in the chat was saying um oh it's doug Good news, you can get Hosmer cheap. Bad news, there's a good reason you can get Hosmer cheap. <laughs> so Hosmer, Justin Turner, Drury, who, like who who out there would you like to really see the Cubs focus on next? Other than getting Nico to an extension because if they can get that done, that would be super wise because you've seen what oh, great yeah. middle infield guys are worth yeah, right now. And his, do that. his price tag is just going – Way up, and, and and Brendan's not even writing the check on this one. So, I mean, I'll give whatever needs to be done. I'll figure it out. I don't have much money, but you know, I'll, I'll contribute <laughs> if I need go to. Go fund me, started by Brendan Miller. <laughs> if I got to go to Winterland to give Ricketts more money, listen, yeah, I'll do what needs to be done. To go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. every day, basically. I but believe when when Corey and I skated hand in hand at Winterfest, I said, "Dansby to Nico, Dansby to Nico, I, perfect I, harmony." Yeah. Maybe you inspired it. Maybe you know Jet saw you and Corey the holding holiday hands. The holiday, holiday spirit. spirit. I you know I sense some, you know, some some connection between. I was actually jealous of you, Luke, when I we saw. We noticed. That. We noticed. Yeah, I'm like, you know, that should be me and Corey doing that, but it's it's, it's okay. <laughs> more likes, please, please, more <laughs> likes. Um, what? So, who do you think? Like, you had to pick somebody out of the list of guys that are out there. Um. Who would you I, like to see them focus I haven't, on next? I haven't seen a lot of talk, and you know, you know how I am about the eye test. And Brandon Drury looks like someone seem like from what I saw, he he seems like someone who would be a good a good fit because really last year was like his like his best season as uh, you know at the major league level. And um, 
you know, like I feel like teams are going to want to see him be able to do it again for in order for him to get like a multi-year deal. So given the situation the Cubs are in, in terms of how they want to give out contracts, he makes sense to me, but I've also seen a lot of Justin Turner, but he's older. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, again, the eye test to me, like Brandon jury, like makes a lot of sense. So I'm sure there's flaws to his game, just like everyone else. Um, <laughs> but he can play second and third. And we know how the Cubs like to have guys who play multiple positions. So to me, that's, that's who I would like next. Um, obviously Mancini is an idea at first too. Um, but I think the Cubs can get a little bit more, um, creative at that position just because they already have Mervis who I think will be there, but like, I don't think first base could has to be like their next move. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick, going back to Luke, you like mentioned Nico and the possibility of moving to second base. Yeah. Um, which he, yeah, we've talked about to him about that over this during the season. Um, so it has been a couple months since he, you know, reaffirmed that. However, I just saw on Twitter, um, Eugene McIntosh over at the bigs, you see, uh, find him on Twitter at stay humble. We've had him on the show before. Uh, he said me, myself and at Tomlin does it. We're at big baseball Academy with Nico, this AM. And he was asked about the possibility of Swanson signing. And he didn't hesitate saying he'd be more than happy to go back to second base. So there you go. That's, 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 that's that is the team guy you want. The that's team guy. Your, that's updated. your potential with, well, with like, Hap. If, if Hap were traded, even without Hap being traded, that's a potential. That's one of your captains, co-captains. That's one of your leaders yeah. in the clubhouse, yeah. on the field, off the field. That's what you well, want like, to see. You know, the the money obviously is in being a shortstop, right? We know that's the money position you're seeing at this offseason. But the thing for Nico is that, you know, he moves to second. I don't think we're going to be yelling at Rawlings like we were this offseason. Mm-hmm. If he's playing second base, he better be winning gold gloves because oh he's going to earn all of them year in, year out. He's going to be the guy, no question, that you should just be collecting them like they're an annual paycheck. He just gets these gold gloves, no question. So, you know, then he gets more in the all-star conversation, right? Shortstop's more crowded. You want to be the shortstop. That's where the money is. That's where his agent wants him to be, I'm sure. But for the team and, you know, I think for accolades for him, he should rack up uh, a lot more at second base. Uh, To, Mm -hmm. like, the the, who should they add? I like Brandon Drury, too. Uh, 28 homers last year. Obviously, he doesn't have that long track record. Uh, he's only had a few seasons over the years where he's actually like played a full season's worth of games, like gotten in there every day. Uh, but I think just like that's a more worthwhile thing for me. Like Justin Turner had a really good, I think, second half last year. The issue with some of those guys, right, and even you get into like the J.D. Martinez's of the world, is they're just older. And the the variable for whether they stay healthy, whether they fall off a cliff completely, and like – your defensive flexibility becomes uh, a much bigger concern there, right? Because, like, I don't know if Justin Turner can still play third base. Like, he didn't rate well there last year. Like, can he play there every day? J.D. Martinez is a DH. Like, then you're kind of locking that up, right? And one of the things we've talked about with Mervis is bringing somebody in so that you have a little flexibility there to see if he develops, see if he's comfortable. Maybe you DH him. Maybe you get him some time at first base. Like the issue with some of these older guys is you just don't know what you're getting and they really will limit your flexibility as far as where you're putting guys on a daily basis. Cause some of these guys, like they have to DH there's nowhere else to put them unless you want to sacrifice defense, which you just paid a lot of money to 
make elite, right? So Drury feels more in that range of like, he can potentially, he's not as sure of a bat, doesn't have that track record that Justin Turner has or JD Martinez has, but he's coming off a really good year and doesn't limit you as much as some of these, you know, 35 plus guys are going to limit you in terms of how you're structuring everything. Yeah, I think that's the whole big... point, right? Like that's the whole point. This team, like the way they want to build this team is with a bunch of guys who can just move around and like who, well, one who definitely aren't going to be limited to DH, but definitely that could play multiple positions. Like that's the main reason Christopher Morel came up and stayed up is he could like play capable defense at like four different spots could, you know, play, you know, and uh, a spot start in like six. Like that's the main reason he came up and he, you know, that's why he stayed up the whole time. That's what the Cubs are looking for is guys who can, who are, yeah, like you said, aren't going to limit them defensively, just especially like guys that are just solely DHs. I don't see the Cubs are really going after, but guys that can obviously like have a bat, maybe even can play at least just first base, uh, but you know, a corner outfield position or other guys that play third, maybe first, you know, that the guys that can move around the field again to help with that lineup flexibility that we know. David Ross likes like that. Those are the guys I see the Cubs targeting at this point. Um, you're listening to or watching the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated sports book. Make sure you download the app. And when you do use the code CHGO, when you sign up, we're about 50 minutes into an emergency podcast with uh, Dansby Swanson uh, reportedly signing with the Cubs for seven years, $177 million. They have their new shortstop. Nico Horner says he's ready to move to second base and the Cubs did get one of the big four shortstops. So I wish here's one thing we missed the boat on guys. We're all here. We got the whole CHGO Cubs team here. I wish we had a camera time lapse on Cody when he first saw the news really, really Brendan and Corey too. But like if we, if just Cody, if we could have seen him, Clearly, he would have been, you know, on the couch sweating out some game that Detroit Mercy's playing. But when he first saw the news hit, what was the reaction? Like, how high did you jump? Did you throw anything? Did you scare anybody in the neighborhood? Uh, well, first off, I was sweating Florida A&M versus Louisville. <laughs> they covered – I live bet them yeah. plus 11 and a half at halftime. It was the most disgusting college basketball game I've ever watched. Both teams combined for three wins total. Anyway, not the point. Uh I was scrolling the bird app and I saw our good friend David Kaplan tweet, uh, I guess, basically saying that it was going to happen sometime tonight. And then, you know, and I, you know, based on how things are going, you know, like we at one point we thought we're going to get two shortstops. Right. So (laughs) I was just I just quote tweeted Cap and I was like, Cap, do do not toy with my emotions, man. (laughs) And and then. and then I saw the passing tweet eventually. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. It, I didn't shed a tear, but I was trying to because I was like, thank you. Thank Like I, I, I quote tweeted with the Dwight Schrute gif, like, thank you. Like just like a very, very happy Dwight Schrute. Um, and yeah, that, I mean, I, I tweeted that hit send. And then next thing you know, I screamed. Let's fucking go in my apartment by myself with no one around. So, uh, yeah, that's how it went down. Um, and it was like it was like I lost like 100 pounds off my chest because I like it, it was just one of those things where it's like it's been so negative over the last two weeks. And like I, I hate being negative. And 
I got what I wanted. Now it's time to 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 shore up the rest of this roster and and see see how this team grows next season. Again, no World Series expectations, but like just something that gets fans excited again, right? Like that I that's that's all I'm asking for. I'm asking to be in it in August and September. I'm, I do not want to be talking about stock up stock down in may you know what i mean on on relievers or whoever or or ian hap like i i'm it is time the time is now everyone in the chat who are who and i've seen some of you that are like oh the cubs overpaid for this it's like who cares who cares Danzy swanson is better than anyone else up the middle that would go with nico horner before that signing he was the best player available and the Cubs got them, and that automatically makes them a better baseball team. And that is what matters. That is what matters because if they would have gone, if, if if you want to talk, if you want to consider the the, I don't know, like the other options. What? Okay, if they didn't get Swanson, then I would be all aboard the Brandon Jury uh, uh, train, right? Um, but like. And that what like that ain't gonna do much for us, even if even though he was decent last year. Like Swanson, even though he hasn't always hit, he was the best player available, and that like again, that's that's what matters the most in terms of putting this team in position, not only in the present but in the future too, because this money is not gonna hold the Cubs back. And if it does, then we then we get the picket signs out and start yelling about rickets again. Okay. Well, that's Cody. I said on Thursday. For the first time in a long time, I was confident they were going to get Swanson because the news came out that the Ricketts family panel was coming back to Cubs convention. I said, come on. Somebody knows something. (laughs) They're not announcing – they're just not announcing that without having some sort of confirmation in the organization that some good news is coming. Because if a really bad news is coming, why wouldn't they wait to – they don't even have to announce it. Like, yeah, it had – there was – it had to be – lined up that way that they're like now you can come talk to the Ricketts family and now that was the first sign that things were going to go back on the up we had we had the beginning of the off season where we're all on a steady climb we're climbing up the hill then we then we start to hear oh they might sign too and all of a sudden we're you know the mountain climber game on on uh, Price is Right where the, the guy go yodelay he yodelay he and he keeps climbing and he gets to the top of the mountain and then and then they were all off they were all off the list and I was like man cliffhanger is about ready to go off right now he's about ready to go over the cliff if we don't get Dansby they came out with that news and we went back up on the on the mountain so and there it is I I feel I do feel good about the move I can't say I can't say I'm taking them from an F to an A, but like I said, I right now I think you can go as high as a B on the offseason. And if you were to get me somebody like Kluber still out there, right? Like you could still you could still get Kluber and add him to the rotation. You could still add could bring back Smiley to the rotation. Nathan Valdi is an rotation option. Rotation was good. The rotation yeah. was good the second. I know we can't necessarily count on that, but mm. And, and one other thing about Swanson is, you know, we talk about how important the defense is going to be up the middle just because the shift is changing and it's going away. Not only that, Brendan, the pitchers are ground ball pitchers. There's a lot of guys that pitch to contact on this team. We don't have a lot of swing and miss. So the ball is yep. going to be in play. And if the ball is going to be in play, you better be able to field it and throw it, a.k.a. look at the White Sox last season. That's what yep. you don't want to see out defensively. So if you're not going to hit a ton of home runs and you're not going to have this offensive – machine that everybody's hoping for 
Well, the next best thing he can do is to lock it down defensively and at least keep it to close games. Well, you saw that in 2016 when the Cubs won the World Series that sometimes, you know, people do forget. Uh, you know, they had well, what, what happened in 2016? Uh, they won the World Series. Yeah. Ah, yes. World Series, correct. Yes. I, yeah. I almost uh, forgot, but thank you for yeah. the reminder. Of course. Any any anytime. So, I, I mean, that's for that one to happen. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, you know, what is this? 55 minutes in and finally came out. <laughs> there it uh, is. Oh, look at that. Look at those legs. I know. Quad workouts than I thought. <laughs> look at those legs, Stock. <laughs> My legs aren't that big. I have more chicken leg than that. Oh, uh, that I think uh, like that's got to be your, your, your next uh, costume. You know, you had the Santa Claus stuck at Claus. That should be your next one when you come to studio. Yeah. That made it look like I was actually doing the Stairmaster or something. That was. <laughs> but if, yeah. if, if you look at that rotation in 2016, there are still a lot of contact heavy guys like Cubs legend, um, you know, John Lester, you know, he was one of those guys who threw heavy backdoor cutters, you know, prestige uh, location. You kind of see someone like Justin Steele going that direction with it, with the down and in cutting fastball and generating contact. So you see that with Stroman as well. Heavier contact guy. You see that with even Jamison Tyone, who's not going to get a lot of strikeouts. So you can imagine a rotation that is really good at commanding pitches, which they are. And then you have the best up the middle defense, and you're going to at least replicate one of the features that promoted that run in 2016. Now the challenge is replicating the rest of that type of uh, team and that power potential and the flexibility. And that's hopefully what they do in the next year. But at least for now, they do have that, that vacuum up the middle and they do have the, the top heavy pitchers that are going to command the ball. Well, once you saw Turner go off the board and, and the number that Turner got, and then you see the Correa deal go off and, and Bogart's, at that point, you certainly were happy to get Dansby Swanson, even if it was two hundred million. Most Cubs fans, like some, will say it's a bad deal. But if you forget, even forget the money part, you'd be like, "Yeah." At the beginning of free agency, if I would have told you the Cubs are signing Tyone and they are getting one of the shortstops, it's Swanson seven for one seventy-seven. At that point, before anybody else had signed, doesn't that sound like a very affordable price, even yeah. though? the ticket price on most free agents this off season has been really, really like beyond what we thought most of these guys were going to get seven for one seventy seven doesn't feel too much. Again, it's not our pocketbook, but I'm just saying for the fact of trying to build a team that isn't hampered by a bad contract, yada, 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 they don't need, they shouldn't be hampered by any contract, but in reality, it seems like, this is a pretty good price. And I, I would have said that a month ago if you told me this number. Well, another thing about Swanson is like he is coming off what his best offensive year, right? Mm -hmm. And I and that is why a lot of people, you know, wanted to compare this to the Jason Hayward deal. I get it. Um, but with that said, he just he's coming off his best offensive season. So who's to say he can't continue that that trend up? You know what I mean? And uh, in a in a ballpark like Wrigley in the summer, who knows? I I mean that's that's just kind of the way I look at it. But even even before last season, he was always a, a good player and and clearly good defensively. So, Cody, you know. the last time the Cubs signed a free agent 
who grew up in Atlanta and played for the Braves. They won the World Series. Yes, it was Jason Hayward. Then now they've gone and got a Marietta, Georgia kid, Atlanta kid, signed him to a free agent. I'm not saying they're winning the World Series. I'm not. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying you can draw the comparison. Do do we maybe know the if, deals uh, don't work out the same? I hope the result is the same. Do we know right. if Dansby is a good public speaker? How are his locker room speeches? I, I saw him talking about his glove. His, his talk about the glove was – ask Brendan. Him talking about the glove was just poetic and about the way he turns oh double God. play. And, Brendan, and, send me your glove and I'll take it to the – I'll take it to the clubhouse and I'll show it to him. Be like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think of the pocket? Like, what would you wear on the field? Yeah, I watched yeah. the video, Brandon. Don't even tempt me with it. I will go get my 8-2000 right now. I'll get off this camera and go get it. <laughs> he said he's not a pancake guy. He's a pocket guy. He's all about He's a pocket pocket. guy. He's yeah. a pocket guy. Those are the yeah. best. That's why Nico wasn't a finalist. He got snubbed because he's not. he doesn't wear, you know, wear those Rawlings pancakes. They should rename the gold. By the way, Rawlings, they got to get scrapped at Major League Baseball. Wilson, hopefully we never advertise for Rollins, by the way. I just kind of wrecked that. But <laughs> Wilson, we'll advertise for Wilson. That should be named after the gold glove. I, yeah. you, know, you know who's excited about this, though? Really, the Cubs pitching staff has to be thrilled. Like, oh forget the rest of the team. Everybody knows that it's definitely making the team better. But guys like Kyle Hendricks and, you know, they, they can be pretty excited about what they're going to have mm. playing behind him. There's – Again, Absolutely. Brendan hitting the champagne back there. I can't believe it. <laughs> well, and I, I think like <laughs> this also, you know, part of why we were so insistent on this and getting one of the four is it, you know, it it opens up more of a path for the rest of this offseason, right? As we talked about, it's not exactly clear how you fill some of these holes and you still have work to do before you would really be able to say like, yeah, I, this team is competitive they're going to be in the mix for a playoff so you still have maybe a lot of work to do in that regard but if you didn't get one of these short stops there really wasn't a path to doing that right once you and especially you know you didn't sign Rodon you didn't sign Aaron Judge or anything crazy like that yeah this was like a linchpin move it had to be made and now it's on them to see how they kind of get us to competing with the Cardinals in the NL Central or competing with, you know, a lot of these peripheral teams for the wild card still work to do, but it would have been, I, I mean, I don't want to say impossible, but like really difficult to envision if you did not land Dansby Swanson once the other three were off the board. So they did. And, you know, now we see what the rest of the off season holds and how Jed and Carter decide to get us there. But there's a, yeah. there, there is a path and it really wasn't going to happen without Dansby Swanson. Right. Agreed. I saw Niren said much earlier in the chat, like, I don't think the Cubs are focused on this necessarily short term. They're worried about how this impacts the team long term. And 100 percent, the signing is about the long term future of the Cubs, seven years to be exact. But it, it does have some impact on next year, too, just for what Corey was saying. Like, it's a building block. It's if you didn't if you didn't sign this, then absolutely you're looking at trading Stroman and guys like that at the end of the season. So that's just another step backwards. I'm so sorry, hopefully bro. they've taken their last step backwards and they can just start moving forward on some things. 
Brendan, Brendan, you had the heaviest fingers typing whatever you were typing. Yeah. Right. I was texting you. I was excited to. Yeah, yeah I figured you were. But... Did you hear that? Yeah. Corey's giving me that smirk again. This is why we don't it's do just that. That guy, who, that one guy who left a review is going to be so mad. Yeah, yeah, I know. Know. <laughs> one time. One time. And there are 700 episodes doing this, and one time it happens. 700 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, I, I guess my closing comments on this entire thing is yeah. just like, um, I'm just excited to see what happens next. And then, you know, then we can really project where this team can go. Uh, I, I, we've, we've mentioned, we've talked about the, the, the defense and how it will be significantly better. Um, but I, I guess the, the the one thing that I'll, I'm choosing to be optimistic about is is the offense being better than what a lot of people expect. Um, so like that's my my one thing about him that I think a lot of people are are questioning that I'm that I'm hoping and and thinking that will get better as, as he gets good, continues into his prime years here. Um, but yeah, overall it shouldn't hold the Cubs back, and it just I don't want to say it's it's a Lester signing, but I will say that it's similar to it in ter- in the fact that it's a proven veteran who has won, yep. and that like that's to me that's that screams volumes considering where the Cubs are at. They need they need a guy who has been there and has has you know been part of winning teams or winning culture, and a lot of these young guys need that man. And I and I think that he'll he'll bring that mentality and. I am, uh, you know, I'm excited to see how year one goes. And uh, so, you know, hopefully the Cubs bring some more offense in here so he doesn't go into opening day feeling the pressure to have to perform like, you know, like a like like a top five shortstop in the league, offensively at least. Um, but he certainly can can do his can, can do his part too in terms of like what he's already proved over his career. He's shown he can hit, but can he continue to, to, sh- to trend up like he did last year? So one, uh, yeah. One thing I want to add too that I'm seeing a friend of the podcast, uh, Matt Clapp at the blog finds on Twitter talking about like one of the things we talked about last year and with this team, probably for a couple years is cleaning up on the margins, right? We've talked about defense a lot, Nico Dansby, Cody Bellinger. But one thing that Matt is pointing out is Dansby's a really good base runner. So is Cody yeah. Bellinger. The Cubs were awful on the base. Right. I remember like Ryan, we were talking to you. We made jokes like about a couple it, weeks yeah, it was... into the season. Like what is going on with this team getting picked off, taking extra bases when they shouldn't be ending innings, making outs on the bases, like being better defensively and being better at base running doesn't immediately like turn you into a playoff team or anything like that. But those are areas where the Cubs were really bad. Their center field defense was bad. Now you have an elite middle infield defense. You have a gold glover in center and you've added two guys in Bellinger and Swanson that are good base runners, as opposed to the Cubs having bad base runners, not even average base runners. These are good base runners. And to make the same reference, we always make, you go back to the 2016 Chicago Cubs who won the world series. They were an elite base running team. In addition to being an elite defensive team, in order to be really competitive at the top of this league, right? With the way teams are building rosters. Now you have to be good on those margins. It's not just about 
slugging and lights out pitching. You have to be good at all facets of baseball. The Cubs have improvements they need to make to this roster, but improving on all of those little margins, right, is they're all baby steps to get there, right? So not to be lost in all of this, like improving those little things, like that matters. It really matters, especially for a team that's hoping to be in like that middle competitive mix, right? That I think that's where the Cubs are, are aiming at least for 2023. And like, uh, Ryan, I know you'll say this, but like they, Jed said at the end of the season, like good teams blow other teams out. You know, like they're not constantly in these close games, but if they haven't, and so far they have not added enough offense to this team, right? Like offensively, there's still many additions that need to be made to this lineup for them to be a team that's going to, you know, outscore teams by 10 runs a couple times a week. But if you're not able to do that, then you have to do what Brent or what Corey's talking about. You have to clean up all the other stuff. If you're going to be competitive and have a shot at a wild card or division, then you have to clean up the other stuff. You have to clean up the rotation. You have to clean up the base running. You have to clean up the defense. You've got to be elite at all those other things if you're not going to be the Phillies and hitting home runs left and right and blowing teams out left and right. So they're making the team better. It's not in every way, shape, or form at one time. But don't make a mistake. Like The roster is going to be better, I think, this season, which before this signing – I wasn't so sure because all I could yeah. see was Wilson was gone and you were going to go defense heavy and you'd added Tyone and maybe Bellinger gets better. But this starts to now point you in the direction that the Cubs should be a better team next year than they were last year. And if you can, if you continue to add the right pieces, you can be significantly better than you were last year. Yeah. I, I, okay, we're getting on. We're getting on almost an hour ten, so I'm gonna keep this short. Uh, just I agree with everything you guys. I can do this for five more hours. I didn't know you were stopping at an hour or not. I thought you you guys go for another five hours. The Bears guys will sit here and do this for an hour and a half. I've seen it before. I got I got I got work to do. I got work to do outside of the podcast. But but all I'll say is that yeah, I agree with everything guys are saying. Like he's gonna provide elite defense at a premium position on the field. Um, he has pop in the bat. Is it enough that's going to take you to that level of blowing teams out every game or, you know, eliminating randomness in the scoreboard? No, it won't, but it's going to help. And if the Cubs make more moves to shore up the offensive side of the ball, you could see a scenario where the Cubs are, you know, a lot better than the record says in one, two, three run ball. Uh, yeah, one, two, three run ball games than they were last year. Luke, we talk, we talk about it all the time how Cole Wright, uh, you know, would count, yeah. would, would give us record the updated count. Game. A record in one run games at the end of a, at the end of you know once the the Cubs the marquee post game show would start, um, you could see a scenario where if they add a couple more good offensive bats, that record's going to improve this year. And maybe you know, there may be less games that end that way just because they have an improved lineup. So uh, I like the signing all around. Um, he's not Carlos Correa. He's not Trey Turner. He's not Xander Bogart. Correa is dead but, to me. I don't want to hear that name ever again. But <laughs> he is a very very good player who's going to help the team be competitive next year and beyond. Full-on spin zone about Correa. We can all go back to saying he's a cheater. There you go. I hate him. <laughs> I, I, I hate always him. hated him. Cheater. <laughs> I always hated him. <laughs> Good player, but he seems like uh, a little bit of a jerk. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, same. Same, listen, 2022 has been uh, – Also, kill, right? sorry, sorry, Luke. Another yeah. thing. Come I on, would Cody. lean – I would lean that – 
the Cubs are in better position to win the World Series than the Giants over the, sometime in the next five years. Well, I hope that's true. Um, yeah. So I'm that. Not gonna... So then. So then. So <laughs> then. The, so then, saying Swanson <laughs> taking Swanson instead of Correa, we might be able to say that. I, I'm just saying. I, I don't like where the Giants are positioned right now. So. There you go. There's your full-on spin zone about not getting Correa, guys. I just I just know that it's been a long year, right? Like the season yes. was epically long, but the calendar year is ending with Dansby Day, and they finally got a free agent shortstop. Good news, we got to do an emergency podcast. Like Ryan said, we're like an hour 10. What was the highest number we hit in the chat? I, I know we had over 500 people for sure. It was well over 600. It was like six something. When six, I 650. So thanks to everybody that was oh in the God. chat. We had a good time. Hopefully we get to do it again this off season, right? Yes. Brendan and Corey have another one Keep going, coming Jed. up on Sunday. What's yeah. that? Let's do it again tonight. Keep going, Jed. You know, Keep going. I'm gonna go get my second bottle of champagne over here. I don't know what I'm gonna say after that, but I'm ready. Trade to uh trade for Alejandro Kirk. Am I right? Sure. Yeah. Danny Jansen, I don't care. We, all three of those guys in sure. Toronto are cool. Dalton Varsho. <laughs> don't, yeah. You know what I mean? There's you there's so many it. things. So many things they still need to do. Go but trade for Otani. We all there you go. There you go. That's what, hey, there's that's money left. Now. There's money let's left go. for now. Let's go. That would be a five yeah. hour podcast. Oh, oh my god. god. Five, that's it. It'd be oh my an god. all day affair. I, I get fired from my job. I'd just be doing it for the next two straight days. I have to go, you know, to Chicago and, and, and be with you guys every day. As it is, you're Wonderful. all hopped up on the champagne. Unbelievable. That's <laughs> an issue I have. Uh yeah. thanks. Thanks to everybody for checking out uh, the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. Seven years, 177 million bucks. Dansby Swanson is coming to the Cubs. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. And always fly the W.